fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I have to admit, today has probably been one of the busiest days that I've had in an extremely long time, and I love it because it makes the day go by so fast, and it's been a productive day, although it's just been kind of like a blur to me, especially going into the program today. Hey, welcome in, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio, TV, and the live streaming and the podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you, your millennial general, reporting for duty the way we do every single day. We have got a heck of a show lined up for you today. Some brain teasers to make you think a little bit today, to make you think a little bit deeper than what we usually do, which is what we're all about here. we got Robert Couch. He's coming on the program at the bottom of the hour. He's a former government attorney, also author of the book Uncle Bryce, A Killing, A Trial, A True Story. We'll talk about the George Floyd case that happened last week. We'll talk about some of the civil unrest, some of the civil reforms, some of the police shootings. We'll kind of go down that road with him at the bottom of the hour. Until then, you can always email me, network at gmail.com. You can shoot me a message on our social media as we do have the live streams up and running on there. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, also ourfreedombook.com, and of course, the website at hoosierreason.com. All right, let me ask you this for a second. How do you attack someone that everybody loves? Not everybody, but a portion of the American population loves. The media did a very good job of that the last couple of years, obviously, with Donald J. Trump. He had a big support following base. He had a lot of people that liked what he was doing, but he also got attacked every single day that drove down the approval ratings on a daily basis from Donald Trump. Now, I don't think they were quite accurate, and the media obviously manipulated a lot of that. But how do you... Argue. I guess the bigger question is, how do you argue with somebody when they have it in their mind that what's going on is great and wonderful and hunky-dory and they put on the blinders? How do you argue with that? How do you bring them to light? How do you educate an individual like that? Or how do you make them at least understand a different thought process? I'm not here to try and win over numerous people. If people come and say, wow, Andy, you know what? You made me think about something just a little bit differently. I understand where you're coming from now. Maybe not always agree with what you always say, but I at least understand the thought process here. Then I've done my job because I've maybe made you think a little bit deeper or have at least hopefully educated you or at least entertained you to where you want to keep the show on for the full hour. That's my job. I don't know how to do that with the other side of the aisle that is so far in a delusional world to where whatever they do and say is wonderful and hunky-dory. For example, there's a headline from McClatchyDC.com. He's bland. Republicans struggle to find a line of attack that sticks to Joe Biden. Meaning Republicans are having a hard time in their political world finding a way to attack Joe Biden. Now, it was easy for the left side of the aisle to attack Donald Trump for the last four years. He was terrible. He's a racist. He's a bigot. He's a white supremacist. He's an idiot. He's a da 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 That's what they said. For the last four years, that's all he was. And they railed on him every single day about it to where you started to believe it. Or some people that weren't so politically in tune started to believe it. Well, you know what? Yeah, he, he didn't really say that the best way on Twitter. Well, he really does attack people and sink down to that level on Twitter. Well, he, he, he doesn't 
say the most articulate things as president of the United States, while he's not actually handling North Korea or Russia or Syria or Iran or domestic issues or the border or crime at the southern border. He didn't really handle that too well. He said some things that I just don't really like. And that's would be the media. All that he doesn't know what he's doing. He's walking around aimlessly around the White House. That was the narrative for four years. Now, the media, the same ones that attacked him and said that he was the most terrible person in the world, are now trying to say Republicans can't find a way to attack Joe Biden. They just can't find a way to nitpick at Joe Biden. He's doing everything wonderful. He's the guy with dementia that's in the White House that has no clue where he's at half the time. But Republicans, for some reason, just can't find a way to attack Joe Biden in a proper way to lower his approval ratings, to lower the momentum that he's do- that he's got going on right now. They just can't stop him. He's an invincible, unstoppable guy who has no clue where he's at. <laughs> is that true? And if that is the case, then how do we counter that? As conservatives, as Republicans, how do we counter that kind of messaging? And the, at first I thought this is a very easy type of argument. This is a very easy counter here. All we got to do is just play his own words. And to get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. You would think that just playing something like that, and by the way, that's not the only one. We have clip after clip after clip of either stupid things that he said, of places where he's forgotten what he's talking about. He's not right, and it's not an attack on him. It's a cause for concern that he's being abused as a guy who doesn't quite grasp reality. That should be enough for the American public to be like, wow, you know what? Maybe that's not the best leader of the world. Maybe that shouldn't be the leader of the free world. On the other hand, then the counter that I can see in my mind as I go through these debates and the panel discussion that goes on in my brain would be the other side of the aisle saying, well, listen to what Donald Trump had to say, because Donald Trump was not the most articulate either. So they try to counter and they completely dismiss the argument. All right, let's go to the next one. What about Joe Biden? The fact that he's an extremely progressive left-wing radical, you would think that would be common sense. The comment there, well, Republicans are radical too. They don't care because most of the party on the other side of the aisle, that's what they like. They like the massive amount of spend, uh, money being spent. They like the packages coming out. They're saying, oh my gosh, finally, this is the other side of the aisle here, finally, we like these social programs. We like this expansion of the safety nets. We like the socialism that's being implemented here. So how do you counter that? How do you say Joe Biden is an old guy with dementia who is not quite all there that I feel kind of bad for, who's advocating for extremely left-wing progressive agendas that he's never advocated for in his entire life until he's president and has an administration that's pushing him to do that, where he's just kind of going along with the motions, trying to figure it out as he goes along, because he doesn't know what's going on. But it's not his agenda. It's the agenda of Kamala Harris. It's the agenda of the Democrats that are in his staff and in his White House. It's the Democrats in Congress, like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Harry Reid. It's their agenda that he's just going along with. So how do you counter that? As conservatives and as Republicans, how do you counter that agenda? You can call him old. You can say he's got dementia. You can say that he's doing a radical agenda. None of it sticks and none of it matters. So as we have our commonsensical way to retort and say like, wow, this is nuts, 
They don't care, and it's not winning them over. How do we? The way we win it over, I'll give you the answer because I've been asking the question for a while. How do we do this? The answer is we win people over not based on the attacks of Joe Biden because the attacks are so simple and obvious it's easy to do. The way we win people over is to advance the conservative agenda, to talk about what conservatism actually is what it actually is, what it actually does for you. And when people begin to wake up and say, wow, wait a second, uh, forget the political pandering of the political war between Republican, Democrat. I don't like Republicans because of Donald Trump. I don't like Democrats because of Joe Biden or Barack Obama. When we get rid of that bickering in the argument, which is why I've stepped away from most conversations on social media, at least for the last couple of days, when you get rid of those, because I'm tired of those bickering arguments. I'm tired of the same old bumper sticker arguments over and over and over. They don't no good. They win nobody's minds over. They don't open people's minds to anything else. We got to look at it a different way. Is it the positive reinforcement as opposed to the negative attack ads? Conservatism, you can keep your money. Right now we have a 68% approval rating from CNBC in some of the polls. Not accurate because you can't take polls Accurately, since they only like we interviewed 20 people out of the 320 million people across the nation. And this is what the poll had to say. So we don't believe those. We don't listen to them, but they use them for a narrative talking point. So that way the mainstream media can come back out and do their little hen talking. And they say, oh, look at that. The majority of people, 68 percent of Americans love what Joe Biden's doing with spending this massive amount of money, which we don't need to go through again, the $2 trillion for the COVID plan, the $2 trillion for the infrastructure plan they're trying to propose, the $2 trillion that he's trying to propose now for the Family Matters Act or the Family Matters Plan or whatever the hell that one actually is now. $6 trillion in the first 100 days, which, by the way, I was not aware, but apparently he's going to be making a, a State of the Union, not really State of the Union speech later on this evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central. Was not aware of that. Just found out right before the show, actually. So what he's going to be talking about, apparently he's going to be talking about his success of the first 100 days regarding COVID. That wasn't him because the plan was already in motion from Donald Trump. So he can try and take credit, but good luck with that. We've hit 100 million vaccinations across the nation. Guess what? 40 of of those 100 million were under the Donald Trump administration before he left office. So swell job there, buddy. What do you want to talk about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that was causing blood clots? You want to talk about the Pfizer uh, vaccine that's apparently making people's hearts swell on occasion, and that's another cause for concern medical-wise? They haven't taken it off the market, but that's what they're concerned about now is that now there's cases of people having their hearts swell after getting the vaccine from the Pfizer one. Oh, it's just within the margin of error. It's going to happen to a few people. <laughs> but if it does, we have a solution. Here's another pill you can take. Just my little jab in there for the vaccine, which we will get into that a little bit later. But how do you counter this? It's a positive reinforcement. Guess what? People liked the COVID plan because they were still kind of sort of locked down and you're getting money directly to you. It wasn't much out of the $2 trillion and the majority of it went to other nations. The majority of it went to state redistribution of wealth. So it didn't really affect you a whole lot, but apparently people are really happy with their $500 paychecks, which is concerning to me. Because that just conditions us for a heck of a lot more to open up for the idea of redistribution of wealth and uh, mandatory or uh, universal basic income. Because if you just get that giddy and approve a bill just for your $400, $500, $600 paycheck, 
uh, when the rest of it goes towards politicians and states and foreign agencies and whatever, I'm a little concerned that we don't quite know what's going on. They also approved the uh, 64, 68% approved the infrastructure plan that's coming out. Why? Well, we need to build bridges. We need to do environmentally sound things. We need to do some really wonderful things with the economy to create jobs. Now, the federal government cannot create jobs, as we mentioned many times on this show, but people don't understand it, and therefore they approve of it. They're also saying that the majority of Americans approve the upcoming Family Matters plan because it's trying to rebuild family values. Now, the government cannot, and this is the education part we have to get out, the government cannot create uh, family values. You, as the family unit, can create family values. The government cannot do so. So how do we win this argument? We educate, although they ignore the facts, which is kind of hard to educate them on that as well. But we win them over when they start realizing that while they were part of the hoorah team and they were shaking the pom-poms or Joe Biden, and then all of a sudden they get shafted at the end of the day because their money starts being taken away. When their rights get taken away, they're going to start looking a little bit differently. And we can sit back and we can look at them and we can say, I told you so. Now are you going to help me fight to get it back or not? Some like it. I mentioned that before. Some are just too far gone. Some like the government holding their hand, complete nannyism. You got to tell me. I mean, apparently now, did you know if you have the vaccine now, you can walk outside without a mask? Did you know you're allowed to do that now? You're allowed to do that. You are now allowed to wear not wear a mask if you're vaccinated when you're outside. Because some people are so into government please tell me how to run my life they were probably literally wearing the mask outside by themselves until the government said now it's okay for you not to do so some people like that others we sit back and we're just like wow how do you even tie your shoes in the morning the voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in. Thanks for hanging out today on a midweek celebration. It is already the middle of the week. It goes by way too fast. Wait, This whole week has flown on by. I can't believe it's Wednesday already. Thanks for hanging out. Radio and TV, live streaming, podcasting. Doesn't matter where you're at, how you may be watching or listening. We thank you. Message on YouTube. Let me get this straight then. What's the Republican platform? Burgers, Dr. Seuss 2020, and anti-masks. The platform's going to be simple. You are an individual. You're not part of the collective. You're not part of the whatever the government tells you to do. You can make your own decisions and, you know, stay off my lawn. You can keep your own money. Did you know that Joe Biden, when he proposed his Family Matters plan and he's starting to realize that $2 trillion upon another $2 trillion upon a new $2 trillion bill, that after a while that gets a little expensive. That's for Joe Biden to understand. That's $6 trillion. We hit a record of three trillion dollar deficit for the first six months of the, of the fiscal year, so that's kind of you know doubling it for him just to be square and understand the uh, the extent of what he's trying to do. Did you know what he said when he proposed the plan? Is that we want to reward? According to this is his words: we want to reward work, not wealth. Now sit back and think just a little bit on what that actually means. We want to tax the evil rich people because, you know, people that make a million dollars, we want to tax them at a 45, 46, 50 percent tax rate, uh, capital gains tax on top of that. We want all of the uh, we want tax rates to be so high that you don't need to be making a million dollars because we want to reward work, not wealth. Now, the other side of the aisle, who's extremely jealous because they probably don't work a whole lot and probably still in their parents' basement on the left side of the aisle, and they're like, yeah, I don't want to work. I, I, it instructs my creativity as a millennial. For those, they probably love the idea of rewarding work, not wealth. The problem is, is that if you work, you're supposed to gain wealth because that's the point of working. When you work, you want to be able to provide for your family. You want to be able to put food on your table. You want to be able to get the resources that you need. Clothes for the kids, new shoes, a functioning vehicle. You want a roof that doesn't leak in your home. You want to be able to expand and be able, be able to splurge a little bit and actually live life and get a boat maybe or to get a bigger plot of land or to get whatever you're into, video games, or it doesn't matter because that's why you work. If you didn't get those things, what would be the point of working? It's not just materialism. It's actually just providing for your family. I'm throwing out materialistic goods right now, but you, your private property, you get to work. If you choose to start a business, you have the right to do so without the government saying, yeah, but we're going to take 60% of what you earn for your business because you really didn't create that. As Barack Obama used to say, we would allow you to create that. We created it because we allowed you to do that. Thank you, Sir King. I'm so glad that you allowed us to do something like that in this private free market laissez-faire system that we have called the United States of America, or what's supposed to be a private free market laissez-faire system. 
Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We're going to say well, you get to keep the money that you earn. You get to keep the rights. That you have the right to carry a firearm so that way you can feel safe and protected because that way if a shooting does happen, God forbid, you're prepared for it because you're never going to be able to stop bad people doing dumb, stupid, bad things that are already against the law. You have the right to defend yourself however deemed necessary. You have the right to keep and control your own private property if you end up making that private property without it being confiscated or taken away. That's the message Republicans get to promote. That's the message conservatives need to focus on because Joe Biden... And the Democrats are literally taking it away under our feet as we speak. They're trying to pass bills to confiscate firearms and to take certain firearms away and to ban them. Good luck with that with 8 billion rounds of ammunition in the nation. So you can try that all you want to. It's not going to work. They're trying to take away private property by passing and expanding the estate tax. So if you die, you get to hand less off to your children. They're trying to raise rates on wealth and on tax because we want to reward work, not wealth. So keep working. Keep working, but you're not allowed to take the wealth from that. That's called working for the state, and that's called communism, and that's not quite the nation that we've kind of set up here in the United States. We want to reward work by wealth in private property, not take the wealth away, and then give you things for your reward for working. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through the show already. Flies right on by the fastest hour of radio on radio. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Thanks for joining us today, wherever you may be. Radio and TV all over the country. And we appreciate you. By the way, we are still rocking it, killing it on our podcast downloads as well. So no matter what your podcasting site may be, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Prime, or Amazon Music, uh, TuneIn, doesn't matter. We are on all of them. You can find us at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You can also find a link to all of them on the website at HoosierReason.com. And we still, month over month, still break records each month. And we're on trend to do that as well for the last few days of this month, too. So thank you for that. You guys are absolutely awesome. All right, I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk about the latest and what's trending. What's trending today? Which, by the way, I want, before we wrap up the show today, I want to get to a little duel that's going on between none other than the podcaster Joe Rogan 
and Dr. Anthony Fauci. That's going to be a fun one. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But as you know, last week was a big issue with the media loved covering it with the court hearing about the George Floyd case and uh, Derek Chauvin. What was going to happen there? The civil unrest that's been going on in the nation, the civil reforms going on in the nation, the quote unquote police reforms going on in the nation. What does this all mean? And where do we go from here? And can we rectify it? Can we bring back unity in the nation? Now, I will preface this by saying that I think overall, majoritively wise, we have a lot of unity in this nation from everybody. Races, colors, demographics, religions, ages. I think that we work well together. We're the melting pot of the nation. We understand that there's going to be people of different cultures. It's just the media and certain people on the other side of the aisle who like to play identity politics to make things a lot worse and try to exacerbate them to cause certain situations. But where do we go from here? And how do we make it all happen, especially when it comes to the legal system as well? I'm excited to have on the program, he is the author of Uncle Bryce, A Killing, A Trial, A True Story. We're excited to have on here Robert Couch with us here. Rob, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Andy. How are you? Thank am, you for having me on. The yeah, time. I appreciate you coming on. It's it's great to have you on here. It's troubling times when we hear so much about race, when we hear so much about racial tensions or, you know, just issues between people with skin color, issues with people between different religion. To me, I'm evil conservative that I am. I just don't care about identity politics. If you're a jerk, then I'll treat you like a jerk. If you're cool, then I'll treat you like a brother or sister. And that's all we need to do. I mean, we went, we go back to the days of the 60s and 70s where we used to advocate for let's judge based on the character, not by the skin uh, color of the skin. Where did that go in society? Well, I, I mean, you asked some great questions, and and uh, you made reference to the the trial last week, the Chauvin trial up in Minneapolis, and clearly in that trial. Uh, Race should not have been an issue. I mean, it was it was a matter of determining whether or not uh, Officer Chauvin was guilty of the crimes with which he was charged. Nevertheless, a lot of people uh, stood outside the courthouse. The George Floyd's George Floyd's family's lawyer, uh, Al Sharpton, uh, that Congresswoman Waters uh, would stand outside the uh, the courthouse and try and turn it into a racial issue and. And that that it, it, it shouldn't have been that way. Um, and I, I, the book uh, that you referenced, my book about uh, th- that involves the actual killing of my great uncle in 1936. It's interesting. In 1936, there was an attempt in that trial and in other trials to inject race into the jury's considerations. Uh, it was in, and in that case, it was uh, a white victim and, a, and an African American killer, an admitted killer, and it, it was inappropriate in 1930. The trial actually took place in 1937, the killing in, in, in 1936. But it was inappropriate then, and it's inappropriate today. You're exactly right. Yeah. Do you think that race did have a place in the jurors when they're sitting in the back room and they're discussing? I mean, obviously, the media lost their minds when they're like, oh, my gosh, they made a decision in only 10 hours. It must be a super easy one. They must have already had their minds made up sort of thing. Do you think that race had a place in here, whether it was fear of retribution one way or the other or when they looked at the video, when they heard all this, when they heard all the information from both sides? Do you think that it was like, wow, you know, it was the white cop and the black victim, and therefore it had to be a racial hate crime, and therefore that guy that just kind of tainted Derek Chauvin in that hearing? Yeah, we're we're beginning to hear some some of the accounts from the members of the jury, and I I don't think that 
at least the reports that I've read suggested that race was not on the out in the open in their considerations. But mm-hmm. there also was uh, clearly an effect. All all of the comings and goings, all the the, the unrest out outside the courthouse, and then you had. Uh, Dante Wright's shooting and the protests that, w- that occurred after that, and they were were aware. The jurors were aware of what was going on outside the courthouse. They were being instructed not to watch the news, but it was very difficult for them not to to know that that there were uh, there was unrest taking place. Whether or not that influence rose to the level that will uh, on appeal will cast doubt or, or, or cause the, the conviction to be the, the three convictions to be overturned is anybody's guess. Uh, but there's no question that it, it played a part, I think. It's unfortunate because our judicial system across the nation, when it was founded, was supposed to be impartial. It was supposed to stick to the law. It was supposed to stick to the Constitution. And that was it. End of story, because that was supposed to be the go to when the bickering of politics from Congress or from the executive branch or from within the private sector. When there was an issue, they went to the courts and without looking at a bias in any way, shape or form, they are supposed to look and say, this is what the law says, period, end of story. And this is the way we interpret the law. And then we move on about our day. And we're all done. Nowadays, that's not the case. And we have activists on the courts, whether it's on a Supreme Court, whether it's a district court, whether it's jurors, whether it's the judges themselves. We have uh, activists that actually want to promote a certain agenda. And that's unfortunate because that was supposed to be kind of the safe haven. And we've kind of abused that system. And then the other side of the aisle kind of took advantage of that system. It's just sad because can we get back to an impartial jury an impartial judicial system overall to make legitimate decisions, or once it's kind of infiltrated with activists, there's really kind of no going back here. Well, you you raise some good points. The rule of law is sacrosanct, I think, and we need to keep it that way. I would like to I would like to hope that one of the results of the Chauvin trial, um, given that it was very transparent, the judge, you know, the the, the entire proceedings were televised. Without, by the way, very important, the, the identities of the jurors were kept. Uh, there was an attempt to keep the, the identities under wraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my hope is that when we a little time passes and we step back, we will look at that trial and say that, that it will uh, reinforce the rule of law in the, in the country. Yeah. Uh, now, you uh, point out that uh, from several directions there was an attempt to hijack the trial and turn it into something that it, it it shouldn't have been you know it was it was there were a lot of attempts to hijack it for political purposes sure and uh we just got to pray that that is not the case that this doesn't become de rigueur uh because that is not the rule of law and we need to to be able to rely on the rule of law yeah, no, exactly. I, I completely agree. Now, I'm not saying that the decision there was right or wrong. I, I believe that he was guilty in a lot in a lot of ways uh, for all of them. I don't know. I obviously wasn't a juror and didn't have all the details or information they did. I did see that he did obviously a lot of bad things, a lot of wrong things. So hopefully at the end of the day, it was the right decision and the jurors obviously found him to do so moving forward though as we mentioned the the civil reform that's going on like you said i mean we had protesters ready to burn down the entire city if it was not i mean not just not guilty on 
any account, but even just one singular account, if he was charged not guilty on one of those, they would have burned down the entire city because they were prepared to do so. And I think the jurors did know that. Moving forward, when it comes to the court system, looking at cases like this, if they arise again, is that always in the back of their mind? I mean, average Americans watching the TV, watching the news, seeing the protests, seeing the angst and the division right now, will that always be on the back of the mind of, wow, if I don't make the right decision here, then that could cause a lot of destruction of my very own town. Yeah, I mean, you put your finger right on an issue that 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 we need to consider. This is not the way that we should conduct our, our uh, public affairs and certainly not the way that we should conduct our judicial system. I mean, that, as I said at the outset, uh, the, uh, the book I wrote about the, the, mur- the, the killing that took place in the, in the 30s, uh, when the shoe was on the other foot, we can all agree that race should not have been uh, entered into the jury room then. Right. Likewise, today, it is inappropriate for race to be, uh, I mean, there are cases, there are civil rights charges uh, where that is a a, a a relevant factor. But when you're attempting to determine the guilt or innocence of a police officer in these situations, the race of the of the of the uh, the person that dies is not relevant. Yeah, and, no, uh, we need to, to stress that. You're right. And I give you kudos for writing the book, too, because, I mean, these kind of books are not even accepted, not just outside of these social civil reforms that are going on in the nation, but even in the academic levels to write a book like this is extremely controversial. The fact that they pulled to kill a mockingbird out of schools because you can't talk about race that way or the way that it was portrayed, even though that's the way it was portrayed then. And we try to educate ourselves about what was done then and how we fixed that because of the errors that we did and what we can learn from that sort of thing. I mean, when they banned To Kill a Mockingbird, which, you know, was a great book, I mean, the fact that you wrote this, I, I give you big props for. we got about 20 seconds left or so. Where can people find you and where can people find the book? Well, Andy, you, you, put, you put your finger right on it. I had to self-publish this because the narrative in the book, and I don't want to spoil it for you, was not acceptable for, for uh, publishers today. That yeah. You have to go to Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, Uncle Bryce is the name of it. My name, last name is Couch. You can search either one of those terms. And I, I encourage you to take a look and see what you think. I love it. Robert Couch, the book Uncle Bryce, A Killing, A Trial, A True Story. Uh, story. Robert, I appreciate the time very much, my friend. Let's do this again real soon. Thank you, Andy. I look forward to it. Hey, appreciate it very much. We'll take a break. Wrap up the show today for a midweek celebration here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, I love it. There's a duel going on right now between the vaccination individuals and the anti-vaccination individuals. Not like total anti-vaxxers, but like anti-COVID-19 vaxxers. And there's a battle right now between the podcaster Joe Rogan and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, usually when you think of that, you're like, well, I'm going to believe the medical professional, right? I'm going to believe the doctor. But yet the doctor, we realize, has no understanding of what's going on and is has no clue about the real world. And I, I do got a question, those that still blindly follow Dr. Anthony Fauci. But he's a doctor and an infectious specialist. Now, he worked for the CDC most of his career, and he was the guy that headed up the patent industry. So he kind of knows how patents work and how much money are involved between the pharmaceutical industries and the patents. So just throw that out there. But nonetheless, regardless, Joe Rogan had made a comment during his podcast about how if you're young, you don't need to get the vaccine. Now, I know that's very triggering for some. I know. I know. I get heat for that every single time that I mention that. I get heat for that every day on social media. And you don't understand how vaccines work. Andy, I can't believe that you're not getting vaccinated. I am saving your life, Andy, from getting the vaccine and you not, so you can thank me because I am holier than thou. I get these comments on a daily basis, and it's okay. It's all right. Now, I've made the argument, and again, this will probably get us banned on YouTube, but uh, I've made the comment that you can boost your immune system, strengthen it just as much by you know having a relatively healthy diet, being relatively healthy, and taking vitamins that boost it, like vitamin D3 and zinc and magnesium and A and B and C. And if you do that, then that boosts your immune system to where you don't really have an issue, which 98% of the population already does not have an issue with it, regardless of all that. They're pushing this vaccine for the young children, which I just don't get. I don't get it. It boggles my mind why we're even wanting to put injections in kids like that for no reason when kids really are um, unharmed by this really at all. Andy, there's been like 300 deaths of kids. And what were their pre-existing conditions beyond that? 300 out of how many millions? Millions and millions? I mean, sad for those 300, absolutely. We got to look at the numbers here on a grander scale and see what's really going on. Anyway, so Joe Rogan had made the comment of kids do not need, young adults do not need to get the vaccine because they have a healthy immune system. If you're working out, if you're taking the vitamins, if you're doing the thing, you don't need to do so. Now, this is the response that was asked to Dr. Anthony Fauci about that statement, which is really from all those that are very paranoid about getting the vaccine. This is what he had to say in response to Joe Rogan. Well, that's incorrect, Savannah. And the reason why is that's you're talking about yourself in a vacuum then. 
You're worried about yourself getting infected and likelihood that you're not going to get any symptoms. But you can get infected and will get infected if you put yourself at risk. And even if you don't have any symptoms, you are propagating the outbreak because it is likely that you, even if you have no symptoms, that you may inadvertently and innocently then infect someone else who might infect someone who really could have a problem with a severe outcome. So if you want to only worry about yourself and not society, then that's okay. But if you're saying to yourself, even if I get infected, I could do damage to somebody else, even if I have no symptoms at all. And that's the reason why you've got to be careful and get vaccinated. How stupid does he really think we are? Like, seriously, how ignorantly, blissfully dumb does he think that we are? Let me ask you something. Um, does the vaccine stop the spread of the virus? They've kind of given us mixed answers on that one because at first they were like, no, it's not going to. Then they're like, yes, it's going to. Now they're like, oh, you know, that's what they call breakthrough cases to where you got the vaccine, but yet you still got COVID-19. So the individuals that have been advocating for the vaccine, which get it, don't get it. I don't really care. That's up to you and your own personal thing. That's the beauty of the system. You have a choice, but they've kind of gone wonky and back and forth where they say, yes, you can still contract the virus, and yes, you can still test positive for the virus. And yes, you can still spread the virus because it only builds your immunity so that way you don't have bad symptoms of it. Then they say, no, you can't contract it. And no, you can't spread it around. So we don't know what's really going on with the vaccine. But let's just say either way, let's say that it does stop the spread of the virus because you don't have any symptoms. You're not going to have any issues. You're just asymptomatic and you're good. If you have the virus or the vaccine and you're protected and I don't, why do you care if I have COVID-19 because it won't affect you. If it doesn't stop the spread of the virus and it doesn't stop you from getting the virus, what's the point of getting the vaccine in the first place? Which is why they're telling people with vaccines that you still need to wear masks, which is really stupid. Well, Andy, you're just selfish because you're going to spread it around to other people. Guess what? The other people that didn't get the vaccine, they probably don't care about getting it either because they're probably healthy as well. And if you're vulnerable and you are going to get sick from it, you probably do have the vaccine already, which I divert back to the first question. If it works, then why do you care? Because you're protected. If it doesn't work, then why the hell did you get it in the first place? Do you really think we're that stupid? Apparently, because they're still saying that we're selfish and we're going to kill the rest of the civilization unless we all get the vaccine. That does it for us today. Podcast going up in just a little bit. Back at it tomorrow for a pre-Friday celebration. Until then, this is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.